Elena. And I'm Megan. Welcome to the Shh Don't Talk About It podcast, where we talk about all the things we need to say out loud, but think that we can't. We're going to talk about all the things. We're going to shed light on them. We're going to embrace them. And we're going to fucking love them. So join us on this journey as we get rid of shame and start talking about it. Welcome to season three, episode eight. A man's world. A man's world. But what do we do first We're in gonna, this world? Um, in our world. In our world, we, we fucking, fucking crack our claws. Our claws. All right. Cheers. Oh, cheers, cheers. Well, this episode, well, I'd like to welcome our first male to the show. Yeah, we're really excited about this <laughs> identifying week's Identifying man, male, identifying male. Yeah, yeah. And male. Yeah. Yes. Drew's okay. a man. Drew's a man. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to be politically correct. <laughs> yeah, no, you're being respectful of everyone's expression and gender identity. But this week, our guest is our first, um, our first guest who's a man ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he joined us to talk about toxic masculinity which he then helped us reframe as unhealthy masculinity you'll have to listen to the episode to learn more about that but it was a really cool conversation i thought yes absolutely and i learned so much and it was just so i don't know so nice to have amel's perspective Mm -hmm. on toxic masculinity because you know especially after he told me the definition over and over and over again because <laughs> of course we live it in our everyday lives as women uh, yeah. identifying women and all that but um but the way it impacts men you know it's it's pretty crazy yeah it's pretty serious i mean on this podcast we care about mental health probably more than any other topic yes. and what we really kind of got into was how patriarchy, unhealthy or toxic ideas of masculinity, of course that hurts women mm-hmm. and trans people and non-binary yeah. people every day. Yes, totally. it does. We've done many episodes about that. Yeah. And it is also hurting and quite frankly, I think killing men. Mm-hmm. And it's important to talk about men's mental health specifically to push back against the idea that to ask for help or be vulnerable is weak. I think it's strong to ask for help. It's strong to be vulnerable, but men don't have a lot of space that they get to do that. And Mm -hmm. so we wanted to create that in our conversation with Drew. Yeah. And and talk about it. And, you know, this month is November, which I believe is Men Health Awareness Month. Oh, cool. Um, So which mental health is definitely a biggie. Um, And yeah, he shared some pearls all throughout. Seriously. Yeah. So enjoy Drew's wisdom. We can't wait to hear what you all think. And cheers. Cheers. Drew, welcome. Our first What's up, Raina? male on the, um, on the pod. Am I the first male? You are. You are. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Special. Honored. All right. Drew is um, a longtime friend, and he has graciously, you know, accepted to come on today and talk about this very heavy topic. Um, and he can explain, of course, why it's so important to talk about this topic. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, let us know, Drew. Yeah. Th- well, I think before I kind of get into that, I'll just say I'm Drew. Um, uh, full name. It's imp- I think names are important. So yeah. for me, it's Andrew Martin Olguin, uh, but I go by Drew. Um, and I come from a multi-ethnic home, born and raised in Portland. Mom's white, dad's Mexican, so I identify as 
a white passing Chicano. That's such a woke way to say it. But I'm Chicano, <laughs> white boy Mexican, whatever you want to call me. Um, uh, and I use he, him pronouns. And yeah, so I'm from the community. I've been working in the community for a while. I'm a social worker um, and currently um, doing some statewide training around suicide prevention. So this is a perfect topic. And we, right. I'm sure we'll get, kind of get to that in a yeah. little bit, right? Yeah, we will for sure. Yeah. And that's um, one of them, you know, a big reason, um, you know, some of our longtime listeners here know that, you know, what started our podcast was our friend's suicide. And so to bring us in, um, you know, this is just, I don't know, it's very important to us. Yeah. I mean, it's been on my mind a lot. Um, And Drew, you're actually just, I think, a perfect person to talk about the topic of how patriarchy hurts men, because I know it's something that you've thought about a lot. You've been on your own journey with it. And you also knew our friend who passed, like he was friends with all of us. And um, I was saying before we started recording, like this topic came into my brain thinking about him, thinking about some of the root causes that led to his death. And I do think that one of them was feeling quote unquote like not enough of a man like not like living up to ideas mm-hmm. of what a what a, a man should be or do and that really took away like part of his sense of self and i think that happens to a lot of men so this topic started kicking around my head like we talk all the time about how sexism and misogyny and patriarchy hurts women hurts non-binary people um and it does and yeah. the impact is huge but what it feels like we never talk about is what it actually does to men and i feel like it's killing you all yeah or we're not supposed to talk about a little can we explain what toxic yeah i was just gonna say yeah we should probably (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) Uh, so one of the things i'll say is uh i was blessed to um have many mentors in my life and, and be in a lot of cool spaces with some pretty dope people and I was able to meet this man named Omari Barksdale who came to, when I used to work for Open School for the Step Up Program, he came and did a whole training on toxic masculinity. And I think there was a lot of things he talked about that I knew already. There was a lot of things he talked about that was like, oh, snap, I never thought about that before. Um, and then there's things he talked about was like, I kind of knew it. I just didn't have language. I didn't know how to understand it, but there's something I felt. Mm-hmm. And so he was able to put words in kind of a structure for that. But one of the things that he had talked about is, and it's really important, it's around the language. So toxic masculinity, when you use the word toxic, once anything's toxic, there's no way to reverse that Mm. in terms of if something's poisoned, Mm -hmm. you can't necessarily filter that out. Um, So not to lessen the word or nothing, but a lot of the times I use the word unhealthy Mm. masculinity. But we can use toxic, it's fine. But that was something he taught me and and blessed me with. I was like, that's actually an interesting perspective because when something's unhealthy, it means you can get it healthy. Right versus yeah. toxic, yeah. it's kind of written off. Yeah, it's like fuck um, might as well not even try and change yeah. my ways. Yeah, and I want to be clear, it's not about like a a change of language to adhere to uh, fragile men, right? Oh. It's more of round like let's be real of what we're talking about here. That it can be um, that can be fixed. Yeah, can be improved. Yeah, there's there's healing that can be done. There's growth that can happen. There's totally. change that can happen. So I love that. So how did he define up what unhealthy masculinity is? Yeah, I think, I mean, I don't, I couldn't tell you like to a T, but I can kind of talk about what he talked about, yeah. kind of my understanding of it. And for me, it's kind of like any type of um, ways of thinking, behaviors, actions, 
how you interact with um, any type of interpersonal relationship, whether it's uh, uh, kind of like a partnership. What am I talking about? Platonic or just any kind, yes. like any the other one, romantic, romantic, whatever, all that stuff. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. so <laughs> that um, that doesn't um, that causes harm. Mm-hmm. Specifically, we're talking about women, girls, and non-binary mm-hmm. um, and non-male uh, identifying people, right. right? So that's kind of like a really broad thing, right? So it's like, in fact, there's a lot of parallels between that and and like when you talk about race and racism Mm -hmm. so you talk about there's the like institutional things that are in place that prioritize men um there's the cultural components and how uh, men or or women or whoever is portrayed in movies Mm -hmm. uh, music uh, ads all that kind of stuff and then there's the individual stuff around how you actually um, treat people person to person so it's kind of i like to break it down on those things because it's it is. A, it's hard. It can be kind of the a concept that's hard to grab onto for yeah. some yeah. people. Like systemic, yeah. Right? I'm, I'm like, <laughs> no, that's right. Like it's the, yeah, system. the system, and then you break it down into like the one on one, like the yeah. everyday life that we deal with, mm-hmm. like people that we have relationships with. Yeah, yeah, in any sort of way. Um, so. Is this like I feel like toxic masculinity or unhealthy masculinity is kind of a newer age? Is that is that that term? I have oh yeah, yeah. It, like back in the day. No, I is think the something? yeah. I don't I don't know enough in terms of like other cultures, but yeah. Western Western culture, yeah, yeah, it feels like a pretty new topic. I know that like in the seventies, there was like some men that would be like, "I'm a feminist," and it would like freak other people out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, but that was a small, more kind of a, a white hippie yeah. movement. And it was a smaller portion of people that were into that, but that was kind of the first for me that I kind of heard about it. Or actually when I started to learn about that kind of way of, of thinking and believing mm-hmm. came from that generation. But I'm sure there's many cultures across the globe that, that were already kind of practicing some healthy forms or some different ways of being. Yeah, some different or, definitions yeah. of what it means to be a man. And I, actually, you know, I think it's it. It does feel like a newer term. I'm trying to think like the first time I heard the term, and maybe like six years ago. But it feels important because if, like, to me, feminism feminism needs to include men and include compassion for men and include compassion for how unhealthy the narratives mm-hmm. that you are fed from a young from childhood are about what manhood means and like how that defines and constricts your personhood and your humanity in the same way that the narratives that we got about what it means to be a girl and a woman like constrict our humanity yeah Um, so i'm excited that it's like a turn like it's something that people are starting to think about and talk about yeah but i'm curious like i'm curious as how did you learn what it means to be a man Oh boy. And what did you learn that that means? Hmm, that's a <laughs> um, Well, it's so interesting. Gosh, it's been a crazy journey because even and I will talk about that, but I'll just say that it's one of those things that I have to continue to work on too because mm-hmm. it's my old brain. Mm-hmm. It's unlearning, right? It's totally. unlearning, but my old yeah. brain will naturally go there and I have to figure out ways to like shut it off or Yeah. Or, or or address it in the moment, and then still will come out. But how but I learned what did it, your old brain tell? Because I can tell you, oh, like, we old... we learned what it means to be a woman from like 
Cosmo magazine mm-hmm. and yeah. what we're supposed to look like, what we're supposed to a bunch wear, of bullshit. Yeah, to, yeah. Be totally obsessed with boys. Yeah. You know? I don't so know. you know, we have yeah. we're like working on on learning that stuff too. So I'm curious. I I want to know how, what you know. What can get to it later? Like, what does it mean to you now? But I'm yeah. I'm just fascinated to know like what do you because I've never mm-hmm. I wasn't a, a little boy, so I didn't get those messages, and I'm curious like. How did you learn either like directly or through like just implied in the culture? Like, yeah, no, I think uh, I'm not going to address too much around like, like the the culture of the United States and the media because that that did have, and I don't want to undermine that because no, definitely, especially as a kid who was into hip hop since like the second grade. Yeah. And there's, there's some wonderful, beautiful things about hip hop and there's some really troublesome things as well, but it's also, uh, and then also everything else, right? Movies and media, but it was also about like, um my family and my culture and my neighborhood those were the biggest Mm. for me felt like the biggest influencers uh for really beautiful things but in terms of what it meant to be a man and how to live up to that was incredibly for me felt pretty fucked up right Mm. and so um so i guess i can start with like i can start with like my home Mm -hmm. um and i had told y'all at the beginning like my mom's white my dad is Mexican and so like um I know we all one of the things that's very interesting to me and I and I didn't really think about this until like a handful of years ago is that like patriarchy is one of those things that it you know we'll talk about this well it can harm men it can harm women mm-hmm. and there are people kind of buy into it without even really knowing they're buying into it totally. so my mother totally, totally. bought into yeah. that and adopted that and it did even if you talk to her now, she was like, well, I was just being the exactly. wife and the mom. I was like, just doing what, you know, and so yeah, there wasn't even a, it didn't seem like an issue, even though when I look yeah. back, there were some things that were problematic. But mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say is that like in my home, and I was raised by wonderful parents that did allow for some emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had, I was, I was blessed in that, that sense, but there was also um, a real strong idea of what I needed to be and how I needed to show up as a man as a man yeah right and a lot of that had to do with um, being the oldest son and having to protect my sister and really being like in a a physical way and so um that's one component I'll come back to something else in a second but basically I was whether it was like an actual uh direct order or just based on things my father would say I felt this deep need to protect my siblings, um, specifically my sister. So, yeah. so this is where it gets messed up. Sure. So it was like, I wouldn't, uh, I would watch after her more than my brother. My brother was more young. My brother needed me probably more than my sister did. Mm-hmm. But there's this weird dynamic yeah. of a man supposed to protect the woman. Yeah. Um, the older and brother's supposed to protect the little exactly. sister. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And the man's supposed to protect the house, mm-hmm. which I think mm-hmm. there's parts of that, that that aren't bad to that. Right. And... That concept came when we were fighting saber-toothed tigers and mm-hmm. <laughs> battling whatever back right. in the caveman days. It's like we live in a, in a time now where that's not always the case and needed. But it ruined my relationship with my sister. Mm. I had to rebuild my relationship with my sister into my late 20s. Wow. Is it because she didn't want your help, need your help? She, my sister's a badass. Yeah. She don't need me yeah. for that shit. <laughs> that's why I was just like, we grew up in the hood. My sister yeah. was not, like my that. sister did not play. She did not need me. But the other thing was that, but it, it got progressively worse. So mm-hmm. middle school was one thing. Boys started calling, don't call here, mm. right? But then it was 
boys showed up to visit my sister, don't come here. Mm-hmm. Then it was, find out she has a boyfriend, I'm gonna go up to the school. That's so embarrassing. Yeah. It's, and I'm, I'm getting into violent um, kind of interactions or like all the, and it was just, so she lost trust and it didn't help that my father was the same way. Yeah. So I was allowed to have girls over. Right, there's like right? this patriarchal Down in the basement. Yeah. Watching a movie with the doors closed. I'm doing air quotes. Doors closed, yeah. right? Yeah. But she wasn't. So there was this double standard totally. that was going yeah, on. Yeah, like you have to protect the woman's mm-hmm. purity for some yeah. reason. <laughs> but, you know, like that, yeah. I mean, that is just such a good example of how like yeah. these patriarchal ideas get into families. And you are all just doing the role that you thought you thought you were doing the right thing. Yeah. By going up to the school and like kicking some kid's ass for mm-hmm. dating your sister. Like, exactly. You thought that that was and you do see the right it in thing. The, in the movies. Yeah. You see it exactly. everywhere. Yeah. yeah. I thought you that's know? what you're supposed to. Like, yeah. And I kind of forced forced it. I almost felt like. And I knew it was this weird thing where like, and like it didn't feel right. But there was like this thing. I was like, I just had to do it. Mm-hmm. Like if, if I didn't do it, I would be like, I would, I'm letting down my manhood mm-hmm. or I'm letting down my family. I was, I mean, it's pretty dark if you yeah. think about it, you it's know? Um, and then like in just what I was seeing, like as someone that was, you know, in the neighborhood I grew up in, which was pretty rough at the time, a lot of most interactions that went poorly were handled, you know, in physical fights. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like how I, as someone that was like white passing, but really trying to identify with my Chicano side. My dad was always telling me, like, be proud to be Mexican, mm-hmm. mijo. Boom, boom, boom. And so I was looking for what did that mean? Mm-hmm. And since I don't look Mexican, then I felt I had to overcompensate in other areas, which means I'm going to take my masculinity and turn it up a notch. Like turn it up to 15. So I'm going to fight when it's not even needed. I'm going to just be extra aggressive when it's not needed. And I felt bad. You could ask my parents. I've been in. 30 fights, I don't know how many, and I would always come home whether I won or lost and cry because I felt yeah. bad about, I didn't want to do that. Yeah. Um, but I felt like it was almost like this thing, like I had to do it. I was like, the, it's a it's a sick feeling to hurt someone when you don't want to. And it's a really sick feeling when you are like, two people are hurting each other or you get hurt and you actually don't, you're like what is going on here? That yeah. like breaks my heart for you. I remember you saying one, I don't even remember when a couple years ago, we were drinking like up at Fix Into and you were talking about this a little bit mm-hmm. and you were like, I kind of feel like I have PTSD in a way from like all like all of those fights I didn't want to be in. Like I forget what you said, but it was something along the lines of like losing a piece of yourself in every fight. Yeah. Like, just like bro- like broke your heart, but you couldn't show it. So you'd do like mm-hmm. fight, win the fight, and then go home and cry. And you were just a little you were just a little boy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember moments friends of mine we'd be like damn we haven't been in a fight in like three months and then we're just like looking for something oh my because yeah. for whatever reason to fight and to and to win the fight and to mix it up and not turn down and not be a punk kept feeding that hmm. part of the masculinity that we thought was what was supposed to be fed and if we didn't do those things then we're yeah. less than yeah. um so that part is like one of those things where it felt even now there's times I talk to my friends where I'm like, I'm ready to pop off on this. Per-. Like, if I can go there so quick, mm-hmm. because that's how I was conditioned to think, mm-hmm. yeah. that it almost feels unnatural to think otherwise, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Right? And sure. so, yeah, those are those are pretty, uh, pretty intense moments. And then one story I always share with people is that um, 
I'm not going to say the person's name or their their or their uh, relationship with me and family just for podcasts. Say, yeah. Uh, but when I was in the, God, was it my sophomore year in high school or was it junior? I don't remember. My my homeboy Orion, he uh, pierced my nose. Um, he's a thumbtack too. That shit was crazy. <laughs> but anyway, he pierced <laughs> my nose. I was trying to be like Pac. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> we all. We, it was cheesy. It was cheesy. But that's what I mean. Whatever. You know, I was trying to. I was really like into like, you know, chasing girls. I was trying to get, I was trying to make myself look pretty. I don't know or whatever. I don't know. But I did that. And and, and when I did that in that moment, I was like, hell yeah, I felt big and bad about myself, felt amazing. And then when I saw this specific person who I hold in high regard, um, you know, they called me in in Spanish, they called me a a homophobic word. Yeah. Um, And it just, I mean, my heart sunk Mm. so deep. And I was just like, damn, really? And it was for someone I highly respect. So, and that kind of stuff is like trying to find yourself with your identity. And then that stuff happens all the time. Totally. When you're just trying to express yourself and be creative with your expression. And then, yeah. And then, somebody who is not comfortable with their own identity or you know they're uncomfortable by seeing this then they like talk shit to you yeah 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 hurtful and especially as you're a kid it's just so i don't know yeah yeah there's so many layers to that because also like if you were gay then also it doesn't yeah you know like Uh i think it's interesting that like that is a go-to insult that men use against each other when it's like so (laughs) I know. <laughs> yeah, now you know. It is. Yeah. Back in the day, it was like that was used a lot. A yeah. Lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. I, yeah. No, yeah. I think um, also there's one other story that's that's just popped up in my mind. I remember when I don't remember how old I was. God, I, I'm trying to think. Was I 14? I was like 13. I don't remember. But I'll never forget this. I remember like going to my mom and asking her, "Am I? If I can tell if another." man or a boy is handsome or cute or attractive does that make me gay mm. and i don't i think my mom was like doesn't matter she was my mom was yeah. great uh, i don't remember all the conversation mm-hmm. but that's not even the point the point is i was losing sleep over that like you were worried about it because yeah. that was a bad because if you were you weren't a man or the right kind of man yeah and now yeah. i've realized as i've gotten older, i realize you know those beautiful people all the time it oh, don't yeah. fucking matter um, and if you say otherwise, you've got some own deep issues you got to work through. But yes, but those are but the point of these. These are these like things that all I don't care if you meet a grown man now who's all tough and thick shell. They won't admit these things. But these are the things that we all think and deal with totally. from the moment we have a conscious mm-hmm. until the moment we pass, and we're constantly working through what that means. Mm-hmm. The easy thing to do is keep the, the thick shell up and operate as, as status quo. Because that's the safe way to handle it, yeah. and it's the easy way out. Instead of having to like look within, unpack what all what fed us these messages, yeah. and a lot of the times the people we love dearly, like a, a father, an uncle, even whoever in the family, mentor, and you're like, damn, those are deceiving messages or confusing messages, yeah. deceiving messages, and they're not in line with. Um, and that's why a lot of men, myself included are the biggest hypocrites aligned with this whole respect and respect women and respect it. But they don't actually, it's like respect them under their conditions of comfortability. Oh, you see what I'm yeah, saying? So it's like, point. I'll open the door. All this like shoving this stuff. I'll open <laughs> yeah. the door. For, okay. What, what the fuck? Okay. I'll open the door for anybody then. Yeah. 
Yeah. That yeah. doesn't matter. That don't make you a man. We can open our own fucking door. Exactly. Yeah, but like, like, it's like, a that's, thing to do, that's just corny to me. Yeah. Polite, yeah. And anyway. I'll order. I'll or open the door for my wife or a friend, whoever. Sure. But that's I'm not doing it because I'm like, oh, I, I'm the man. I got to open the door. I'm doing yeah. it because it's just a nice gesture. No, pay us the it same. Is. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, shit, that's a whole nother topic. Like, the pay differential. Pay us as much as men. Like oh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate if any person of any gender wants to open a door for me, but I would love the patriarchy to pay every woman mm-hmm. on par with white mm-hmm. men. That would be amazing. I am still a little confused on what toxic masculinity means. Like a true, just like a sentence definition of. Webster's. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I, I like, not, I like, get, I'm a very. Webster's from me, but you'll get. A I'm long. a very literal person. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. see it like i'll take a stab and then let's see if we can build on it but okay. for me i think about like you know patriarchy is like men's domination over everybody else of every gender right so institutions that are built mm-hmm. to serve men first mm-hmm. structures that rely on the subjugation of women and people of any gender besides male mm-hmm. that's patriarchy i think of like and that's already unhealthy or toxic mm-hmm. right and then i think when i think about the term like unhealthy masculinity or toxic masculinity i think about people that have like internalized the patriarchy to such an extent that it's like a way of life for them and leads to all kinds of things like sexual assault disrespect of anyone else's personhood or like right to exist in the world as not a man Mm -hmm. as well as systemic things like i was just saying like pay us enough um Mm -hmm. stop taking away our abortions give us birth control like just it's this whole power structure that relies on us being Mm -hmm. us and everyone of every gender besides male being less powerful and in the service of the man systemically and interpersonally okay because there is healthy masculinity yeah, so I think one of the things that gets misconstrued is when, when when 
and you can go to Fox News and watch a good little run of this, is when you're talking about, I think there was a headline the other day, the masculinity is under attack. Oh, my God. something, I was like, That's, calm okay, that down. Okay, headline, that is well, toxic masculinity. So, right. okay. yeah. So, so that, it's yeah. like this broad term of just masculinity yeah. and masculine energy and how that it can be intimidating or threatening. And so when you add toxic masculinity on top of that, I'm just like, so, okay, so there, but there is healthy. Masculinity. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about this. So when we, when, when, when a person is, well, when a person, when a fragile man mm-hmm. is having to, who gets flustered about, oh, what's this talk about? Oh, toxic. Oh, this is that things are getting so soft. Mm-hmm. Right. What they, what they're saying is everything I've been taught, what I'm based on my identity has been wrong. Mm-hmm. So I'm floundering. Because no examples have been given of what it means to be healthy. So what is, what is, can still, like, so masculinity, I'm going to go real basic. Okay. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> big energy, uh-huh. uh, uh, fa- beards, mm-hmm. big uh, ath- athletics. Mm-hmm. That's all. Ma- there's nothing wrong. With, so that's what the people are like. It's okay for that to still exist. Yeah, like yeah. you can still lift weights and grunt and scream in the gym when you max out and have a big ass beard and be tatted up and whatever and still be kind and respectful and still be open to doing things differently and still uh say you're say you're in a heteronormative relationship still be open to the idea that it's okay that she makes more money than me it's okay that she can make just as many decisions as me it's okay if she challenges me Mm -hmm. right those are the kind of things that that you can still be a grown ass man and still puff your chest up or whatever you want to call it and yeah. still operate in a way that's that's healthy. Yeah. Those and those are the kind of like real surface level ones because there's there's like deeper interpersonal sure. stuff, but I'm trying to like paint a picture a little yeah, bit. Yeah, no, that which is really helpful because because I can see that because I, I, I am I just I'm gonna be surface level here. Um because I can see that and then also see how people can other men that are, you know, uncomfortable with this, like can feel like doing those things healthy wise, you know, um, can be like they're losing their masculinity. If they, if they allow their woman to do this, if they do the cleaning, if they have to do this and this and that, you know what I mean? Which is, and then we're eliminating. Yeah. And then we're also, (laughs) we're also eliminating, like you think about the, I don't know, it doesn't, the percentage don't matter, but there's a large percentage of men that don't, feel comfortable doing that they don't feel comfortable that aren't the athletes that aren't the mm-hmm. bigger energy that aren't the whatever that they're just they're oper- but they're just as much as, as men right but if you go by this checklist by what our our society is expecting mm-hmm. there's a there's a real big impact there and, and it, it can lead to all kinds of, of things later on like addictions and whatever and just all, mental health um i think about one example would be, so my grandfather uh, died by suicide when my dad was seven. So I never met him and this on my Mexican side. And he was very much <laughs> traditional Mexican, pretty unhealthy in that sense. But here's what happened when my, when he was, he wasn't that old. I think when he was 60 and they had been running a farm, a cotton farm for so who knows how many years. And most of the most of the siblings had moved out because my dad is the youngest of nine, uh, but my father was still there. Um, he started to develop arthritis, 
so when you start when you with arthritis you can't pick cotton anymore mm-hmm. um you can't barrel hay you can't milk the cows like you used to um and so that's all, he only could read and write at a third grade level so when that went mm-hmm. and this is my own this is my own kind of like breakdown of what this means mm-hmm. um other people would say other things but i believe that all he knew to do was be the man that provided and so when he no longer could do that Yes. You see what happens. And that's, um, and I think that example happens all over the world in in different, in different examples in different ways. Um, and especially, you know, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's a touch. It's a hard conversation to have because I'm sitting here with two friends that are women that are open to have this conversation, but I don't know many men in my life. I got a handful that are willing to have these conversations yeah, um and mean. what happens when i have those conversations yeah. with 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 which what which group <laughs> with men, well with men with other men like um i've learned pretty quickly um that it it has not gone well um and there's a couple so there's like i've learned that so there's certain things i will i'll correct if i'm with some folks uh, maybe not like people I don't know and I'm hooping at the park, but like people I don't know and they say some shit that's left field, like that's gay shit or whatever. I'm I'm saying, oh, I didn't know that bookstore could actually be gay. Like mm-hmm. that bookstore has a sexuality and I was kind of a smart ass, but basically I'm saying, what do you, come on. Yeah. yeah. Be smart. You have more, you have, you have more adjectives than using that. Anyways, that kind of stuff, but that kind of stuff I've been really challenged on mm-hmm. and had people and I've kind of, slowly over the years kind of started to like move away from those people um and so i've lost friendships over it um, i've actually also been in pretty relatively dangerous situations where it's like i've tried to have these exact conversations where it's just informal we're talking and i'm, and I'm kind of just i'm not even like oh trying to school nobody and be extra woke or none of that bullshit but just literally saying well i see it differently yeah. um and if they're especially if they're there with their partner mm-hmm. Oh boy, it's oh, gotten threatened by you. Oh, they get all <laughs> flustered. So toxic. And yes. Yeah, it's toxic. becoming yeah. clear, right? Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. And I'm seeing that it's clear that it's toxic to men too that yeah. do want to have these conversations that don't want to be like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, but they don't want to identify in all of those ways, you know, like, yeah, it can be extremely toxic to your mental health if you feel like you have to. Um, act a certain way or be a certain way and you cannot be yourself without feeling like it's going you're threatened by you know so people yeah. are threatened by that or you're threatened by people exactly. for being that way exactly and I would say like how many I'm gonna like not necessarily now but in the past how often I would um, find myself in altercations with other men where deep down I was scared I didn't want to be doing this, but I felt like I had to. And it was almost like, I think it was me going back to over, as a, as a kid who was a pretty emotional kid, and I'm still emotional now, openly cry and be vulnerable. Um, as that was accepted by my mother and a little bit by my dad, it wasn't ex- accepted outside that home. So I felt like I had to, in order to protect that, I didn't want that to be seen. I had to get extra wild and extra crazy with people as a front. Yeah. Does that make sense? Totally. And so there's even times now um, where I have to really dig deep 
whether it's getting angry in traffic or someone who's trying to, I'm feeling who I perceive as trying to kind of punk me in basketball or whatever, staring me down. I find myself going quickly to, I got to address this the old way. And then when I choose not to, I try to, no matter how many books and how many trainings and how many uh, mentors, I will go home and I will fucking, I swear to God, I'll lose sleep. For, I, my mind will spin. Like Fuck, I can't believe like I let him I do that to me. Mm-hmm. And it that's so fucked up because I know it's, I'm 39. I, can't, I know I can't be running around fighting people for looking at me sideways, yeah. but I'll lose sleep for not responding to it. Like literally it will give me anxiety. Like I can't believe I didn't punch that dude. How well, fucked up is that? So Losing that, sleep over it? Yeah. I think that goes so far beyond like, I just, I honestly think there is like a scientific thing though, like within like hormones and everything. Like there, there's still, yeah. there is still something in our bloodstream and our, there just is because we are, we were made so long ago to fight, to be a certain type of way and things have changed, you know, our, but our bodies really haven't evolved as much as our minds have no. evolved, you know? So yeah, it's just something that we have to learn how to deal with. And then, um, I mean, and you're, you're lucky that you can be aware of it. You know, mm-hmm. some, some men aren't, some people aren't aware of that and they do react and they do respond and then they end up hurting a lot of people or killing people, you know, like mm-hmm, they just, mm-hmm. I even think about things like I probably stopped using homophobic language in, uh, my early twenties. Embarrassed. So it's like, obviously it was, I'm 39. So it was a while ago, but really it's not. Yeah. And I stopped, this is also embarrassing. I stopped referring to women as bitches in my late twenties. After I was already married. Mm-hmm. After my wife was fucking pregnant. It's just, with my first kid. I still yeah. was like, oh, you had a bunch of bitches up there. I mean, that's so, how, yeah, like, fucked like, is that? I mean, we all but it felt like, it, you know, but it's just like, what is, like, that kind of stuff. And it's like, um, it's really hard. It seems so, like, yeah. it is yeah. harmful, though. Yeah, and, it's very harmful. And I don't care what no one says. It's not this. It's not. It's not a political. Oh, it's so well can live. No, it's actually harmful. Yeah. No, it, because. Yeah. No one's saying that about men. It strips away. No, one, men are just men. They're dudes. Yeah. They're assholes. They're dicks. That that's, that's not hurtful. Yeah, I mean. To that's this compared woman, to uh, what what the other words mean. To yeah. call a woman a bitch is like literally dehumanizing. Like bitch is a term for a an animal female dog you know like it strips away our humanity and then i just think every time you take a piece of someone's humanity or hurt somebody like you it hurts your spirit too and i see so much of the impact like the negative impact of this conditioning on in my male clients which are far fewer than Mm -hmm. my female than which makes sense and non-binary folks that i work with right partially i think because i specialize in sexual assault and while men and boys are sexually assaulted at pretty high rates i think it's i'd have to double check but like one in six boys um survive a sexual assault before they turn 18 but they don't disclose they don't report Mm -hmm. because why because that's like it's if it's if it's a woman that sexually assaults you it's something to be quote-unquote proud of which just makes me like sick and disgusted and if it's a man then that sends other men into like spirals thinking about their sexuality because of what patriarchy does so i I, the men that i do see we spend so much time working through 
getting comfortable with like admitting that an emotion exists and so much time working through like the minimization of the trauma, like of clients that grew up in really tough neighborhoods, not in this state and have a lot of trauma from it. And in a couple of people, it can take like up to a year to even call something like witnessing a drive-by shooting as a young child, like seeing someone murdered as a young child, Mm -hmm. even admitting that that's a trauma because they had to like, it's Mm -hmm. everything that you're saying. Mm -hmm. And it just like, it just breaks my heart to see people living with so much like repressed psychic pain. (laughs) No, it's, it's true. It's crazy. I mean, it's so crazy because as we are um, recording this today, you know, like it's, you know, veterans day Mm -hmm. and like you think of all the vets that had to like suppress their, they're all the things that they have seen and yes. are, are done, you know, and it's just like it's so fucked up that, that there's that's the whole like the body keeps score. Like yes. it's just all trauma based work and it's all about like hiding things or keeping things in because because why, you know, Yeah, and then they all come home and die by suicide. Yeah. Right. Like I was looking at it before we started recording and because um, I just wanted to check, like, do yeah. do men die by suicide at a higher rate than women? And they do, like, almost 4% higher rates of suicide, higher rates of major depressive disorder, and, like, culturally in America. It's not the case in other cultures, but here you're not, like, you're not allowed to help ask for help or else you're being weak. You're not being a man. It just, like, I didn't used to feel this way. I used to be, like much more of like an obnoxious third wave like fuck all men kind of feminist it's really annoying it's very insufferable yeah but these days i just feel like so much compassion for men because of everything we've been talking Mm -hmm. about yeah and it still so much exists like it still exists we just don't talk about it and it's just not in the limelight but these things do happen men do die and they do take their lives and, and silence, you know, they don't talk about what's really going on, you know, and it, there's there's no there's just no platform, you know, um, that we need to. Probably it's crazy because I actually think yeah. with all that being said, I, I think y'all are painting a beautiful picture to what my next point is. And I do think that not that men can solve the problems of the world because that kind of puts a that kind of breeds patriarchy. Like, oh, we'll solve it. But what I'm trying to say is. We've caused caused 99.9% of everything from war to, to colonization to uh, impacts on the environment. That's, that's us. It's straight up. That is us. Um, Ruined the the world. That is us. But like, there's also some really beautiful opportunities (laughs) for things to really (laughs) be done differently. I think about, so my father uh, when I was in my late 20s, he was diagnosed with cancer. Mm. And it was like super scary. I'll never forget when my parents invited over for dinner and they um, told us. And like my brother started crying and mm. I teared up a little bit. I was trying to be strong or whatever. But um, when that had happened, it was like the first time I was like, oh shit, like parents aren't here forever. Mm. Um, but the the point of me telling the story is when my father um, was recovering from his surgery, um, it was the first time I've seen him weak. I remember like having like help him on the toilet and mm. change his bag and and stuff like that. But with that being said, during that same period of time, my dad started going to therapy. Um, and I, I'm not sure what triggered that, 
Um, but he had, um, I remember sitting in the dining room and he had told me, he said, Miho, I just want to say that um, I'm sorry I didn't tell you I loved you enough as a kid. You know, and I think I share that story because although some of my view is, man, that's late. You know, Drew, you're older. He's old now, but it wasn't. And it shifted my relationship with my dad. But what it really did was made me realize if Mormons start doing that, yeah, like what is the, the, the mount? How can that, that shit can grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the capacity for that is tremendous. Um, and it's sad that that conversation don't happen enough. Um, and it's sad that even me like this, this, if I swear to, if you were to take this episode and just start making men listen, mm-hmm. their skin will crawl. They'll probably, they won't even get to this story. Mm-hmm. This shit will be shut off yeah. 28 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Maybe sure. the first four, maybe when they first heard the intro yeah. <laughs> and that's the problem is like yeah. Yeah. the ego of masculinity. And that's where it's really centered around ego is so strong myself included that it's so hard to even get into the the nuts and bolts into the heart of a man mm-hmm. and when i mean man i mean like the traditional you know heterosexual mm-hmm. male identifying guy but it, it becomes a blockade but i've seen great beauty happen when when it's done differently um and so my work is obviously to work on myself but it's also to continue to be a better father to to my son mm-hmm. uh to continue to um you know I'm, I'm with a pretty strong woman as it is but like continue to like nurture that and not get triggered by it mm-hmm. like it's okay to be with a woman who challenges you right mm-hmm. and so they keep doing these things and then the, the last piece is like how do i strategically plant these seeds in other men without them calling it liberal bullshit yeah. or that's soft or that's bitch shit or whatever stoop or whatever like how does that how do you get to that point because i see when i keep saying myself included because i slip up that's why i keep referring to but i keep it's hard for me to take a man seriously at times when they're unable to at least start opening their minds to this concept especially when they're like oh but we got to respect women or we got to like i got friends that are like um will be like they'll say things like oh man bro i wish i had what you had like a wifey and a house and, da, 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 and all these things i'm like well, mm-hmm. what, what they don't know is it's really hard and it's yeah, not it's those not are those are and, you know it's and there's actually there's a life behind all of that yeah. that you're seeing that you know that you don't see actually exactly we've been I'm through sorry, some up like, some hard shit but what they don't understand is you say those things but you don't actually want a strong right. independent and educated woman because you're you're weak and you're fragile and you can't handle what that comes with. You need to be in that position of power and that position of the know-it-all, that position, mm-hmm. or else it starts, what does it do? It cracks at your ego. Yeah. That's really, because if you really wanted to date women like that, yeah, it would happen. It would happen. Be, it, would ha- it just would. You'd be on that frequency. You would you be know, on, exactly. you know, you'd be it just, you that know. type of energy. But. but, so that's why there's just so much like, when I see men like that or just other other forms of, of masculinity that's just not working for men, I go, I just like you're kind of fake. You're just kind of you're kind of surface. And I'm not putting myself no no kind of above nobody else. I wanna be super real about no. that because even I have to like when I get mad, I was watching the Blazer game last night, I almost called CJ McCollum a bitch. So I had to stop and go, Okay, oh, just don't what am I so I'm still like 
I want to be real. Like I'm still in the mix yeah, of work working in, through my stuff. It's a work in progress. It's a lot of unlearning. It's a lot of conditioning. I mean, it's just still is, you know, there's just so much still that is, that is still is. And, but I feel like, like, I don't know if you could tap into those emotions, if you could allow yourself to go there and open up, like you're opening yourself up to so much more, you know, so much more mm-hmm. love and joy and, affection and just all of those things that are not just like a woman is not a woman is not just the, the only ones that are feeling these things. you know what i mean yeah. like you you feel these things trust me you do but you're like you you don't you feel like you're not supposed to for some reason or you're not supposed to express it and so if you want to like truly respect a woman like express your fucking emotion and love you know what i mean yeah like, hell yeah I, I hear from women all the time or girlfriends that are dating like he doesn't show me anything. Doesn't show me like how could he just, like not? How could he just like not be empathetic or compassionate at all? He just yeah. shuts down. You know, it's just like well, uh, yeah, because he's a man, and that, <laughs> and they've been conditioned to be a certain type of way. <laughs> and then you miss out on like the full range of what it means to be human. Yes, humaning. To be able to be vulnerable in the way that Drew was just vulnerable talking about his dad is an incredible gift. And if you can't if you can only operate on the surface where you're performing a role first of all like deprogram yourself get out of the matrix (laughs) like it's like this really like sad social conditioning that that and you miss out on like all the full range of like how fucking cool and horrible and complicated Mm -hmm. and fun it is to be a human because you're operating on like I mean, God, if like the media version of men is to be believed, you're operating like you're either angry or horny and there's nothing else. <laughs> and that's like, that's yeah. like a real, like that yeah, sounds really real. boring and exhausting. <laughs> like you don't get to, you don't get to like have yeah. all of the parts of your humanity if you, if you can't do, if, if people can't do what you just did, which was by the way, really gorgeous display of vulnerability and a really beautiful story and i'm glad mm-hmm. you got to have that with i know i'm so lucky i'm so because it was a he was a good father as a child but he was just he was pretty intense and yeah. talking about shutting down my dad was very much like he just wasn't he was there he, yeah he was at every game he would he was very he was home for dinner all that kind of stuff but in terms of emotional availability or that kind of stuff it wasn't there um yeah. so um since since you're on vulnerability, I think I, there's one other like little piece I I, I want to discuss, and I hope there's male listeners on this one. Um, but I think it goes back to like uh, like romantic relationships, and specifically like with my marriage. And um, one of the things that I've learned over time is how has my like there's such a low bar for men. First of all, I want in terms of how they show up in a relationship. I figured, hey, I'm like outgoing uh, i've got a career i'm a social worker so i'm doing like really deep work i'm open to cry um i'm a good dude i don't call women bitches anymore i'm i'm a, i'm a cured <laughs> man i'm a wonderful man but how but how fucked that, that is the yeah, bar no, that's why we're laughing the bar is the i don't call floor. women bitches yeah. and i don't use homophobic slurs no more i've arrived mm. no calm down so relax men are dark Uh, let's be real men are super dark but i share that with you because that's actually come up in with my marriage with with laura um 
and probably more so got explored when we were in therapy together. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it had to do with like it came down to sex. Mm-hmm. And I showed you because I'm like, I don't, I didn't, I wouldn't say this, but how I showed up and how I interacted with her in terms of my expectations in the bedroom was it came off as hey you're still lucky like i'm attracted to you you're i've i've never cheated on you um you've had two children and i still want to sleep with you and make love to you so you should be lucky and i would say when that was challenged my way i was saying even though i didn't say those things out loud i was like kind of was like yeah that's that's kind of like that's a blessing though right and maybe it is, mm-hmm. but again, it's outward pointing. Yeah. Yeah. So you it's, that's not what you were saying, but that's what was sort of being per, like the energy. That and it's this, it's this expectation. Yeah. And then there's this right. thing around like how many, and then I sort of, how many times has, have we engaged sexually where maybe she was like, ah, fine. Mm. Right. Oh, so that's oh, deep. Wow. <laughs> I know. <love. laughs> I know. But that's, but I'm saying like. Sorry. I know, but but true, it's a lot. And it's like, you know, obviously we can go down like the, you know, men have higher testosterone. We want to fuck typically more. Okay, yeah, whatever. And like there's there is an impact there. And so now um, I'm trying to shift away from it coming off that way because I don't Mm -hmm. necessarily do feel that way. I'm just like, I do. I'm like, I love her. Mm -hmm. She's hot. I want to have sex. Makes sense. And I, 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 right? Mm. Instead of like, where is she? Is that how she's feeling? Like, what am mm-hmm. I What am I doing to make her feel that way about me instead of I'm just that way? I don't know if I'm making any sense here. But are, um, yeah. so still a lot of work. Um, and, and, you know, one of the things is like, I, I can take feedback from most people, but I, for whatever reason, can't take it from my wife very well. Um, so that there's all these little things where I'm like, what That's part of those are tied to yeah. um, inherently tied to how I feel like I should be as a man and, and what it means to be masculine in a relationship. Um, and we haven't even touched the point of like, like we're pretty like standard, like we're both straight. Sure. Yeah. And woman two kids, like pretty traditional, but there's like, it gets even more layered when you start talking about men in relationships with, other types of or just of people folks. that are saying fuck yeah. gender completely or that too you know? absolutely Which so I that think is like I w- it's such an i mean that is that's a that's whole, a whole other, conversation yeah. that's a different conversation it's one we would love to have if anybody wants to join us for it but you know you can really get like very like just deconstructing the whole thing yeah um, but i don't think but, it's uncommon for to be triggered or to not be able to uh, with the people that are the closest to you, yeah, yeah. like that's who you want that's feedback true. from the you least know. sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's so I frustrating. That. Though I, I feel know. that it's hard to communicate. Um, it's really hard, um, but you guys are doing the work, and that's that's pretty mm-hmm. fucking amazing. You know, yeah, trying so. to. Hell yeah. Trying to. (laughs) Wow. Okay. We've covered so much. Oh, you know what I did want to ask you? What's up? I'm curious as a man that's like deconstructing masculinity and what it can mean, who's also raising a son and a daughter. I'm curious, like, how does, how does your like way of thinking about these things now impact you as a parent? And like, what would you say Mm. to other people who are raising kids right now? Oh. 
Oh, I know that's boy. a big ass question. I know it's a whole season we're putting. What are you one doing? Episode, okay? <laughs> what question is that? I don't know if I can fully answer that. Well, I can. It's just what well, we'll see. Let's just roll with me for a sec. So, um, there were certain things when I was to become a father that I knew I wanted to do the same as my parents, and there were certain things I wanted to do differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was very. It's. It's. It was hard. It was hard, and it still is hard. And so I would. You have any times I find myself with an interaction with my son when he's either crying or freaking out or disrespecting what I perceive as disrespect to his mother or whatever, whoever, um, where I'm like, Oh my God, I sound just like my dad. Mm-hmm. And it fuck it. And there, God, if my dad's listening, he's going to kill me, but it's <laughs> my dad was a great dad, but there's, I, I want to be a little more tender and soft with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want him to set him up for life too. Mm-hmm. But there's still things that, come out where like i've called him a crybaby before um there was a point in his life and this is surface level and i'll be real from like three to five years old his favorite color was pink and he likes sparkles sparkly things and i and yes cute it's beautiful and there were still moments that i was i really was like that's cool but there's moments like any other colors son (laughs) like any other and laura would be like come on don't do that and part of me Part of my explanation or to her reasoning to her was I'm trying to protect him from this world. Mm-hmm. And is that what I was doing? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. The, they don't matter. The, yeah. the, the impact of that is the, the it don't matter. The intention, the impact is there of yeah. now he's kind of coming up with like, maybe I shouldn't like paint. Yeah. Um, and so it comes to like now, like he used to paint his fingernails. Aww which is really cute, all kinds of different colors. Uh, he's got, you know, longer hair, so he'd put it up in a, in a, in a top knot. He would uh, wear these scrunchies for his hair around with different color ones. And now he's in third grade. He's slowly been coming home and saying, oh, I don't want to do uh, that. Yeah, I mean, see. And I'm like, like damn it, like, it's happening. No matter what I do. I know. I'm just like, yeah. who cares, bro? I mean, um, I but that kids yeah. have a better shot these days. But they it's do. Like they they're going to get it from every angle. Mm. So it's great that you two yeah. are so like tender with them at home. I think, and I, you know, Laura's definitely, she's way more patient and I'm trying, and I'm trying not to take it personal when they're like wanting to go to her. So I'm working on it. And I'm also like, what are the things I'm in control of to, mm-hmm. to shift things? And so having conversations, mm-hmm. real open conversations, and he's curious around yeah. like, what is it? What is, what is it? I heard someone say lesbian. What does that mean? Or, or whatever, whatever combo has to do with gender, sexuality, anything like that. It's I, I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to, and teach him, yeah, um, the right way. And so, um, yeah, and that's but man, amazing, you know. But then even yeah, like give re- yourself credit, because give yourself but credit. the counter story is even this year he was being bullied by this kid for the first. He never had. He never dealt with being bullied, and I was like. Oh, I mean, I just had that same. I and I was like, part of me was like, okay. <laughs> Whose tires am I? I was like, I told Laura, I was like, I'm gonna give him what my, my dad's advice. She's like, oh god, what is this? She's like, you give him a warning once, then you tell a teacher, and then if nothing happens, you punch him in between the eyes. I'm like, okay, what am I doing here? But I do. But there is a balance of like standing up for yourself, totally. But and self defense versus just popping someone in the mouth. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> But it's like I also don't want my son to get like punked 
but here's these things like i'm just like here we go so now it's like my whole upbringing is clouding my vision as a parent at times and even when i'm like i i don't want this to be the thing there's part of me says but this is right to teach this thing and i don't know what's right (laughs) to survive in this fucking world right now you know what i mean like that still is a thing and violence is definitely you know shouldn't be taught or one of them um but you know, and st- I would only, I don't have any kids, so fuck, I, for a reason, because it'd be really fucking hard, you yeah. know, when you have a tender heart, a vulnerable heart, like as we, we do, and we serve others and we care for others, like how do you raise it, raise somebody to like, and protect them, but also not limit them or like hide them from these, th- there's bad people, there's bad people. I know, that happen. I know. Really yeah. is, it's, it's, it uh, it seems like it's a big so. One. Well, first of all, you're just being so conscious about it, which yeah. is amazing. Um, and I mean, that's like why we wanted to have this conversation. More conversations need to happen, yeah. so the more people can think critically about how we define gender, gender roles, gender expectations, and then like la la la, we can change everything. Yes, of course, that's the goal, and you want to be conscious right. of it. And we also are all still surviving mm-hmm. in the world that we live in now and i can't like i can barely figure out how to live my values and survive in capitalism and a, i'm not like don't have any, any other human being who i'm responsible for so i just i have like a lot of respect for the way that. that you're thinking about parenting your kids yeah. with all this in mind you're very conscious conscious trying it's trying conscious then it's like carrying through it's like it's one thing to be like like kind of awakening have an awakening but then it's like the application piece is the hardest part in my opinion but yeah yeah um yeah i mean it all starts with like being aware yeah you know because then you're gonna you're gonna stay up at night thinking about these things you know what i mean like um so yeah i mean i think talking about all of this is so important and you know, overall, I think it's just like, hopefully creating some, some grace, you know, giving each other grace, giving men grace, like, just like, I think like this whole cancel culture and whatever is happening, you know, like, we're just so quick to just like fucking like, cut people out or just like cancel them or whatnot. And then, but then there's a story behind this. And there's a reason why and there's a there's a conditioning there's there's so much there's so many layers to all of this. It's insane. Yeah. It is. I think too. Like, it's it's interesting. It's interesting. I think it's interesting because although cancel culture, which is such a weird term, I don't even necessarily if I believe in it. Huh. That's a different. That's a whole different yeah, a whole episode. episode. But I say this is like when 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 certain men get really frustrated by that. Oh, you can't say anything. No, you're right. You you can't say anything. Yeah, right. You fucking <laughs> idiot. There is consequences action. yeah. for yeah. actions and things you say. This is not 1808 anymore. Yeah. 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 And it's not a liberal propaganda. It's called just being a kind human. It's really simple. It's actually really simple. It's something you can control. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry it's like an attack on your personality and your character, but calm down because guess what? If you feel like you're canceled, you're still a heterosexual man. You'll be fine. You'll land on your feet in this country anywhere you go. Mm-hmm. Right. But what I would say is that this whole conversation has 
has really been uh, the fuel of the fire of which I've been working on some, I haven't really, don't talk too much because I'm still working. I'm working on some curriculum right now because I want to do some some healing mm-hmm. um, groups for, for men, and specifically uh, BIPOC men. Um, and then I want to do some work with, with uh, young boys and young men in schools around consent. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm, that's, that I'm like, I need to, I'm going to work on myself. And then I was like, I'm losing hope for humanity and men. <laughs> so I was like, well, what's in my control? Uh-huh. And what am I passionate about? Mm-hmm. And I think some really dope work can be done in that area. Um, so we'll see when I'm, I got a new, I started a new job a few months ago, so I need to spend some time diving into this other thing, but mm-hmm. that's something that I plan on doing um, at some point. Yeah, yeah. that's Sooner awesome. Than later. That's so needed. You know? Hell yeah. So needed. And I think you're just like a great, I know people listen on the pod can't really see Drew, but um, I mean, I, I feel like if people saw you, you know, men or identifying males, like saw you speaking and being super vulnerable you know what I mean? It's just yeah. like opens up like you don't have to because people see think that they have to be this certain type of way or look this certain type of way to be, you know, mm-hmm. vulnerable or hard or who knows. You I know. know. I mean? but, I know. Um, Drew's all tatted. We know he's got his braids in his hair right now. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, totally. No, I, I know what you're saying. Though. I, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying yeah. like people can't see you listening right now and just. Um, I have an idea, like, I think we all have an idea of what we're supposed to be, what we're supposed to look like if we're feeling some sort of way or want to be some sort of way, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And it it just, I don't know, I just would hope that you can just be, hopefully one of these days we can just be who we fucking are, you know, and shine our lights and continue like the work and the service that we're all here to do, you know, know. and not be so wrapped up and caught up and what you're not supposed to do because 100%. this doesn't make you who we think you should be. You know, like who, yeah. who would know. say these things? It's, yeah. <laughs> it's so crazy yeah. to me. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. It's, yeah. So um, this, I feel like this has been um, a really, I've learned a lot from this episode. Yeah. Obviously, I, I needed a, a definition on toxic masculinity. I mean, we live every day in it and I just, yeah. Um, oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, I definitely I needed it too. Lot. I was like, I need to re when when y'all had asked me to do this. I was like, like I had to do like a little thermometer integrity check. And I was like, where have I been at on on my journey? No. So, but okay. this is but this is good because I need yes. to. It's, it's it's a it's a it's another healthy reminder to keep doing this work um, for so many reasons. You know. Yeah, you're perfect for this work, and you're perfect for this for this episode just to talk about these mm-hmm. things um in full transparency you know so thank you for being oh, so yeah. gracious and sharing Hell your story yeah, of course thanks for having me very personal you know journey that you've been going through thanks for the claw yeah <laughs> white claw should be sweating. i know white claw come on claw <laughs> Um, well, yeah, Drew, ditto to everything that Raina said. Thank you for coming on to talk about this topic, being so fucking real with it, mm-hmm. so open. You're such a good example to men and just people everywhere. So thanks for being here. Thank you. Um, all right. Well. Is there anything that you wanted to leave with yeah, the any listeners? F- any kind of pearls of wisdom? Mm. Any just kind of like little tokens of of Drewisms or... 
Yeah, I think, uh, gosh, dang it. So I would say for uh, for non-male folks, however you identify, uh, that bar that's so low for men, raise it up a little high. And if that means, uh, for some it might be dangerous to do that, but I'm saying for the, 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 the relationships you have some say in, for the communities you have some say in, keep that bar high. Um, and fuck them if they're not willing to meet you there. I'll say that. And then for for us as as men and male identifying folks, like we have to continue to do this work without being so worried about our ego and how that's gonna. Like we we have caused so much harm, and we can cause so much healing. Mm-hmm. Like we just can't. It's like I don't understand. It's we're, you know. And so I just it's a call for help. If you really about if you really say you're about this world being a better place, if you say you're really about any type of social justice, if you say you're really about respecting uh, women and girls and uh, non-male identifying peoples, um, then you actually have to do that. Like you just, otherwise you're hollow in your words. And so, um, and that's not an attack because I'm constantly checking that. Um, but let's, yeah, I just think there's, the world can be, it sounds so grandiose and kind of cheesy, the world can be saved, but I actually do think if men were to figure out where to get it right, it can. Hell yeah. So. Um, and you know what? It's not grandiose or cheesy because you know what? The world is, I feel like it, whoever's world that is, you know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah. whoever's listening to this, if they change their behavior, that could change that per, that person's world. Yeah. So. Thank you for saying that because, yeah. hundred percent. Right. Cool. Well, thanks, y'all. I appreciate yes, it. Yes, thank you, Drew. So, Bye. Um, so, yes, um, give love to Drew. Yes. Um, and then if you want to find us on Instagram, if you want to see Drew's beautiful face, um, <laughs> 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 you can um, follow us and see us on the gram at... Where do they find us, Megan? Um, on Instagram, it's at shh, don't talk underscore pod. Oh, no. No, I don't know. Not- Rena. Oh, don't know your own IG. Come on. Um, it's underscore don't talk about it pod. Oh, Wow, I was I really off. <laughs> and Shit. Then, um, you can email us if you have anything you want to add or just like talk or if you want um, anything, like just email us. Hit on, us up. Um, um, our email is info at shdonttalkaboutit.com and sh always has three H's. Three and please don't forget to rate, review, and most importantly, subscribe and share us with your friends um, so that we can keep these kind of really important conversations rolling. Yes. All right. All right bye, Thanks, everyone. Drew. Thanks. Bye. Drew. Thank you. Bye.